cooked the laogon ma mm -hmm. and uh, two chicken breasts and I put it in a plastic bag and I forgot about it for two days. But we call that marination. So right. I took that out. I took the onion I got from the store the other day. Again, forgot about it. I'm like, I got to use this shit. So I cut it all up and then put it in a pan and cooked it. But while I was cooking it, I didn't even want to wait for the thing I was making to be done. So I had a separate meal of like, I made a sandwich, had a Luna bar, had these uh, Zevia zero calorie energy drinks, which Ooh. I still recommend. They're tasty. Yeah. And finally, um, a sponsorship deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll have to tell people about that when we start recording. They have such a variety of flavors. <laughs> I don't know what the other flavors are. Yeah. There might be like a, <laughs> there are a raspberry or something. Yeah. It'd be weird if they're like, this is our one thing. Yeah. Like Coca-Cola is just, it's cola. Yeah. And then yeah. later they're like, we should throw other and other stuff. A lot of pl a lot of things can get away with a single flavor though. Like if it was, there's a lot of good Arizona tea, but like Arnold Palmer, if oh, they yeah. just had that, they would be fine. <laughs> they would stay. It's really the good stuff. Flavor. Yeah. I miss having like nice sweeter teas, like going to mm. a Wawa or a Sheets and getting the stuff. You're like, it's tea, parentheses, more sugar than soda. Like, mm. that stuff's fucking delicious. I, hear I, don't know, I don't know what makes it so good. I don't know. I hear a background fan, so I'm going to step away if you could just like entertain. I, I think at this point, people are probably listening. Wait, let's do that first. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? And I'm going to take the headset off. Okay. The first thing I was going to ask is if you were actually uh, going to step away, but but he is. Hello, everybody. Uh, I did not plan to fill this time. <laughs> Thank God Jake's back. Right. Man, the audience learned a couple of cool new things while you were away. <laughs> I'm concerned because I've never done that before, and I'm concerned with. Do you the have the editor? Or do I this week? I think it's me. Thank okay, God. Okay, you'll, you'll find out anyway <laughs> if you care to. If I remember to actually check the beginning, instead of just slapping a seal on it and being like, this has "I mean, a seal. if you want to remove your home address from the recording, that's really up to you." <laughs> Probably for the best. Um, so you you used a term there. And uh, if I were to go to Discord, I could figure out what the name was again for the food that you were preparing. It sounded Asian. I, I probably it, said Laogan Ma. It was Laogan Ma, yeah. So What's that's that? a chili crisp oil that I found ab out about through Brian David Gilbert's video about pepcorn. Ooh. But uh, our friends Justin and Rachel, friends of the show, have been uh, guests. Mm -hmm. uh, they ch actually tried it out and then recommended it to me. I'm like, all right, I've got two recommendations. A YouTuber who I don't know and my friends. Right. But it really adds a nice umami flavor. Hmm. Has a little bit of spice. And I do mean a little bit of spice for anybody who's very spice averse. Um, but yeah, it's really good for most things. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Logan Mod makes me think of like... The last airbender. <laughs> That's the final boss, yeah. yeah there's there's there is no war in Laogan Ma. <laughs> so it'll sound good though. Yeah, I really do recommend it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe in Asian market you could find it. I think I just got it online. Hmm. But I, I can't imagine it's too too uncommon. I do have I do have access to the internet, so I could probably I could try to use that. Find store near me that sells. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I'm Internet stand and deliver to my apartment. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I was a. Uh, I'm just like creating my own segues at this point, though. But I was like looking at housing and stuff like that. Terrible time to buy housing. Everything's like super expensive. Miserable. Jake, you got to focus on important things like PlayStation fives and graphics cards right now. I don't know. I know, but this is not the time for a graphics card. At least PlayStation five, maybe you could get one. Not scalped. I don't know what the stock looks like for PS fives. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, not a time to get a house either. So just hold your money, invest it. I don't know what people do, uh, but there's a map the FCC has that's just like you can just click different types of internet and it'll show you where they're available. Oh, okay. So you can just be like, oh, anywhere in the US, where is um, fiber available? Where is broadband available? Don't just pick broadband because like the definition of broadband is like three is, uh, megabytes Is down. it kind of broad? It's it's too low. <laughs> I can tell you that much. The minimum is like three megabytes or something like that. And when I hear broadband, I don't think like lower than the buffering speed of a high resolution YouTube video, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah. To bring this back to cooking terms, if a crock pot is a crock pot is to meet what three megabytes down is to a YouTube video, mm-hmm. it's I'll start it in the morning and by the time work's done, maybe it'll be ready. <laughs> that was a good analogy. I like that. Thank one. you. I think that basically applies. Hopefully, between the technically literate or the food literate, we've covered <laughs> all of our bases for how we need to relate concepts to the audience. I don't know how I'm accessing these two people talking, but I don't know what internet is. <laughs> Nor do I, I mean, know what you, a crockpot is. You could you could find our podcast, I think, without without a internet? bunch of. Well, <laughs> the internet helps a lot. I mean, we uh, but you could overhear it somewhere in a public place. If you want to we... sign up for our mailing list, <laughs> we ha- we have a uh, text printouts. You could just read the transcript of the podcast. That would be like the most destructive thing to the environment. Well, I think <laughs> it wouldn't be good. But what we could do is because they have things like when your wife streams, she has something that takes her speech and converts oh, it yeah. to text it's the not always 100 percent accurate it's not it's not usually 50 percent right but, yes. but i'm saying we could do that and then take something that does text to speech mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a shitty whisper down the alley with robots that'd be good that'd be good hmm. but i'd make my robot have some type of distinguishing sound from yours so we're not both microsoft sam What's that term again? Whisper down the alley. I think we were talking about this recently in chat, and I've never heard it called that. Well, do you know what it is? If you know yeah. by a different name, yes. So I know it by telephone. Yeah, the telephone is a game. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, right? It's just like whisper this... down the alley. I don't know. I guess that was. Mm-hmm. I've heard both. But I feel like whisper down the alley is just more common for me. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe you had an affluent upbringing. That's the difference. If you're like from the inner city, it's like, yeah, it's telephone, obviously. And then it's just like whisper down the alley. I know for a fact that <laughs> neither of us grew up in a city. <laughs> I don't know. I can I can hypothesize of what a city may be like. <laughs> um, now, how close are these houses together? <laughs> actually, I guess One it mile? also has the reference of alleys, right? And if you're in a really yeah. rural er- ne- neighborhood, maybe you don't have alleys. So... It's true. I don't know. It just sounds like an old name for something. Yeah, that's anyway, that, was, that was basically the topic. Uh, the next topic 
um, that we had planned to talk about <laughs> is a uh, talk cast. This is a talk cast. We talk about whatever the crap we want. Well, it says this month we're talking about April. Yeah. April O'Neill. Love interest of the mutant turtles. Okay. I, I knew it went back to like childhood cartoons, but I was like, I think I'm getting her confused with Jubilee for some reason. She's not an hmm. X-Men. Oh, yeah. What she, was Jubilee's, she's a reporter. What was Jubilee's power? Uh, to make mm-hmm. shit explode when she touches it. Well, I think hmm. she could. It wasn't as soon as she touched it. I feel like she could control it to a degree. Hmm. Kind of like the gambit charged the card, then they explode on impact or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Neither of them were dealing out high fives willy nilly, though. I imagine. That doesn't really like a lot of times the mutants names kind of match their power set. And I have no idea what Jubilee has to do with that. Cause Jubilee is like the year of Jubilee is when like debts are erased and people reclaim their belongings. Right. Sure. I'm pretty sure that's the biblical meaning. Anyways. I mean, it's definitely like a joyous <laughs> occasion or something. Yeah. I know it's also a card for a uh, Carmaca. We should play that again. <laughs> Maybe it looks a calendar in a month. Blanket question mark. <laughs> yeah, not too not too far off. I like so I was trying to like chain this incoherent uh, category jumping mm-hmm. of the last like five things. It's like, oh, we almost talked about something. Time to jump off onto something else. And even it started to get to me a little bit. I can't remember what I was originally talking about. Well, we were we we're doing a talk cast for April. Oh, I yeah, made a dumb April joke. O'Neil. You went off of that, and then I went off of that. It's kind of like yeah. a whisper down the alley. Of- <laughs> yeah, or a telephone, if you will. And there you go. We've come full circle, and we can end the episode at 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think usually we cover mostly games and stuff. I threw one serious topic in here because I just have opinions about it, I guess. So I mean, we can start wherever. Because, I mean, if you start with like a serious stuff, then you can kind of like come back around with a less serious and, and keep it going on. But like, so the Johnson & Johnson vaccine for COVID got paused. And like immediately everything just reacted very aggressively to this and i i get it from a way like from a certain perspective but at the same time it's like the presumably they'll find more people but like six cases out of seven million people is Mm -hmm. like microscopic like you're more likely to die from getting COVID by a stupid amount. And that's not a high percentage than from the vaccine, like getting, even having this blood clot that the vaccine presumably may cause, you know, right. until they come out with more information. And as a response to this, like when they came out with this news, like mobile clinics got canceled. Like all of these people like canceled their vaccine appointments. Pretty much the entire United States stopped using this version of the vaccine um, there was going to be like a hundred million doses or something like that. It's it's crazy, and it was the most accessible one. This one you just had to refrigerate, and it was a single dose. The other ones you have to keep frozen. Pfizer and Moderna you have to keep frozen. So certain people could only get this one. 
Yeah. Um, it was a surprisingly big backlash. Like, I understand there's obvious skepticism and probably some degree of, I don't think accountability is the right word, but I guess it would be accountability for the people who are distributing Johnson and Johnson vaccine if there would be any issues and yeah. there were to be complications. But like you said, six out of seven million um, doesn't seem like a whole reason to stop everything. Like there have been more police shootings of the police killing innocent people than there have been blood clots. And did those people even die from complications or was it just there was one death? Yeah, one, one death, death and seven million. So I'm going to I'm going to read the full number here because I, I, I ran the math on it and calculators don't tell you this number because calculators realize this number is like meaningless. Zero point zero 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 eight five seven continued percent chance of getting a case based off of their current numbers. It's really low. I'm more likely to get somebody pregnant while wearing a condom. Mm-hmm. Like uh... well, significantly, <laughs> like almost a million times more pregnant based off of uh, super pregnant. <laughs> yeah, not the uh, the chance, but just <laughs> the degree of pregnancy. <laughs> how pregnant are you? A million? <laughs> Somebody's fanfic level of pregnant. That's how. Uh huh. Yeah, it's. I don't understand the world and how it operates because mm-hmm. so many times I'll look at a thing and be like, that seems like fucking nonsense. Why would people even act that way, behave that way or think that way? Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of stupid people or people who just have different viewpoints or understandings of things. Yeah. So the world is a very eclectic place. <laughs> um, but I just think a lot of this stuff like this specifically it's not fucking logical. That's true. Yeah. Instinctively, like, you're like, oh, did I take a medicine that may increase chance of uh, Bro, the meds I take, all of them have side effects. Yeah. And my mom always, like, says stuff about, like, are you still done that thing? Well, you know, it could be complicated. I'm like, hey, shut up. I'm taking this for a reason, right? Yeah. That's the whole thing. If it, If the negative side effects outweighed the positive benefits then I wouldn't take it. Mm-hmm. But I take my medication because it helps me. And just because there might be a damage to like immune system, which is already not great. Okay. I won't be doing crazy shit. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like the difference in the numbers here, like I'm, I'm also on meds that don't tremendously increase my chance of death. Probably not nearly as much. You're playing on hardcore, hardcore mode. Uh, but it was like two percent or something like that. Increased chance of death is using a proton pump inhibitor for heartburn. It's like they weren't really sure why there was a two percent increased uh, like likelihood of death in this sample group or whatever. But they're like two percent somewhere. <laughs> so um, that's like like a ridiculous percentage compared to this. The, um, the percentage more... is so small that if I was leveling up a passive tree in any fucking game, I wouldn't invest in it That's because true. it's fucking pointless. That's taking it back to uh, uh, the place our audience, I think, can most relate to video games. We always come back home. Um, that's my segue to go back to talking about games. Okay. Yeah. Stay well. <laughs>
stay well, get vaccinated. Oh, real quick while we're on that. Yeah. Um, I, I found out that neither of my parents are getting vaccinated. Hmm. I have found the same. Hey, Your our parents, our are parents not should hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's not a good idea. <laughs> oh, and the other thing I was going to ask you on the podcast. Yeah. I know I joked about a month for playing Karmaka again, mm. which is a, a good board game um, made by, I don't fucking remember who, yeah, but I, people, I've enjoyed presumably. playing it. Check it out. Um, what are your thoughts on possibly recording in person in the future? Oh, that's tough. Put me on the spot. I'm not looking for like a, yeah, in, in two episodes. Hard we'll... no. <laughs> Listen, I got yeah. used to remote. I don't know if I can just go back to the office. I mean, the right. podcasting. <laughs> it's like, yeah, two remote jobs is not too bad. No, um, I've thought about it a little bit. I think maybe um, for certain occasions. I don't know if I do it every week. I really do like having the flexibility to remote record and knowing that we have all of the software in place that we could do so. True, true. Um, like we don't have to have the the laptop there. We don't have to have the um, microphones there. Although I think you still have, do you still, you still have two there, right? Cause I, I believe... definitely have another arm in the mm-hmm. closet. I think the mic just got put away, but I should have that as well. Yeah. I think you saw both there. I could see coming out for like events and things like that. And we could see how absolutely rusty we are trying to play smash with like not online Nintendo latency. Um, but I probably wouldn't do it like every time because I do have to pay like <laughs> GPS information, leaky and personal details, to- like road tolls to get to where you are sometimes. Um, and I could go a back way, but those roads are terrifying to me. I mean, I would <laughs> help cover that. It's again, it didn't cost a bunch of amount overall, but yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it honestly uh, adds all that much to the cost or anything like that but um i'd keep the options open but definitely come by if we were like gonna play games or do something like that right well, i mean i think let's say a soft two months in june mm-hmm. i definitely do want to plan a small get together of people who are down to hang vaccinated mm-hmm. yeah vaxxed and waxed is the term i've heard yeah if I find out that there are <laughs> hairs on parts of your body, I will be livid. <laughs> but yeah, that would be a nice thing to possibly happen in the future. I keep oh, yeah. putting it in vague, non-committal terms because I don't trust anything to ever go through. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We're not really we're not really sure if we're like we reference the before times, but it's like, are we still in? The current times, or are we, are we in like the golden age that is going to precede the current times? We don't know yet. Here's how you know when certain commercials stop having masks in them. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when they had Wawa commercials where they had like masks of somebody getting their coffee. I'm like, oh, they're that's good. Like, they're yeah. setting a precedent via the commercial. But if it's like people just like making out on the beach, I'm like, maybe they think we're past. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I didn't want that's... to. I, I realized we tried to, to move back to video games and then I. Like, or we we completely didn't. But is it weird sometimes to like see, and not not just people without masks? Like you're kind of used to that. You're just like that person doesn't care, <laughs> you know, whatever. But like, I don't really watch TV that much, right? Or you're just like you see people doing something without masks, and you're like, right? That can be how <laughs> like life works, right? I don't know. I've I've not gotten that so much. 
because if i'm watching anything i'm like it's it's a separate reality entirely yeah Um, i guess it's fair actually i feel like if i'm outside walking and i see somebody without a mask i'm like either logistically like it they're very far away it's open air yeah Mm -hmm. um i still do it just as like a not getting me today satan no chances right yeah Mm -hmm. and again it's like no sweat off my back but i still judge them a little bit or i just have that thought of like hmm because i would expect everyone to do what i'm doing but right yes and there's nothing more human than expecting other people to confirm conform to your norms i like if i'm driving somewhere and i see somebody at the light and they're wearing masks in the car i'm like all right well they're they're a little bit too much much. yeah so eh. do you do you wear a mask at drive-thru I haven't done drive through, but I, Ooh. but I would because I'd be up close interacting with somebody. Hmm. All right, this is uh, the follow up question has been shot, missile commanded down. But the follow the follow up question was going to be obviously when you're paying with a card or whatever, but at the ordering box window thing, not not a window. Oh fuck no! You think no? Yeah, that'd be fair. I'm talking to a screen and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know i i actually do on both and the only reasoning i had for the first one is just like i know people are breathing literally right there exactly where i'm at <laughs> right but i don't know fucking don't know. like stay <laughs> yeah my dad's convinced that like a mask actually makes it worse um because it would die after six seconds in the air and i'm like i don't think I don't think that number's right. I don't, <laughs> In fact, I don't that number seems right. really wrong. He's like, yeah, if you're wearing a mask, it's worse because it just traps the virus. Like, That's why I breathe like, with my mouth open. I get all the bacteria out of there and it <laughs> dies. <laughs> a lot in common with breathing with one's mouth open. Um, perhaps in this case. Man, this is uh, this has been a weird COVID episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Not necessarily what I expected. Uh, Outriders came out on April 1st and... I tried to. I think we talked about it maybe a little bit. I I played it a bit. Yeah, I think we, we all tried the demo. That we tried the demo. Yeah, and I think we weren't too hot on it there. I was a little more positive by default. I think on more games. You play like, shit if, games, Jig. <laughs> I, I do actually, like legitimately true. Um, but yeah, it uh, hasn't re- reviewed very well. Gamespot gave it an eight, which was like relatively high. I, but IGN gave it a six and a six is like, so great is, or eight is great. Seven is good. And a six is like, okay. Or mediocre or something. Anything lower than that's legitimately bad. Like actually so not a game bad. As something that, uh, your boss once pointed out to us at uh, the 10 point scale is always kind of shit because, mm. Almost all the time, nobody's going to be scoring less than a five. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be like, well, this is really a two out of ten. Yeah, a five I, is, I've done is, the five math. is the worst. Basically. Yeah, people just say like, obviously, seven and up is good. Mm-hmm. Anything lower than that, you're like, must be some detracting issues here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that IGN gave it something lower just because IGN, like a lot of companies, would be like, it's AAA, it's new, it's good. Yeah, but made by people can fly they made gears of war and that explains a lot (laughs) (laughs) in that i i personally did not enjoy the game and how it was paced and what 
there wasn't a whole lot to draw me in personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have two of my Dota boys who are playing it and enjoying it and having a good time. But I think even for them, they said they really enjoy that it's multiplayer and they get to play together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it was just solo, like there wouldn't really be any reason to play because it gets kind of repetitive and grindy. Like you can put two people in solitary confinement and they'll probably be able to entertain themselves for a while. That's not because by definition, it's not solitary <laughs> confinement. Yes. Um, a padded room, perhaps. And people will have a fun time throwing each other up against the walls for a while. Um, in a non-sexual way, obviously. Um, but Outriders, I kind of was hoping to be like a little bit better. I had a little, I'm just moving past that instantly. A little bit better. Um, and it really wasn't. Apparently there's a bug at launch where um, if you, it's an always online game, uh, like Destiny or whatever, where um, there were some server issues. And in particular, there was also a bug where your inventory could like vanish for a bit, like a server hiccup or something. Mm-hmm. And if the server went down while you had that bug, you would literally lose the entire contents of your inventory. And that's not good in a game where you're trying to accumulate things. Yeah. I feel stuff like that is uh, pretty damning from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't terribly good. So I'm giving this one a pass. Uh, unless they magically make it really, really, really good, I'll probably continue to give it a pass. And I don't think that magic's going to strike this one. No, I don't think so. Um, I see there's another game on here with a very long name. I, I'm used to writing numbers. I think this is version 1.2, 47, 44, 86, 139 ellipsis. I'm not going to correct you because uh, there are two <laughs> numbers that are fucked up. But yeah, um, near Replicant, they're doing a... Would this be considered a remake or a remaster? Yeah, it's a remaster. Or a remaster remake. remake. Coming... Right, because they had to have changed mechanics too. I, I think so. Yeah, I'm going to call it a remake for now um, of Near Replicant uh, coming out mm-hmm. for PlayStation 4. Possibly other consoles, but I'm not going to be playing on those other consoles. Hmm. But that's coming out as soon as April 22nd or 23rd. Yeah. So no, I am it's... excited for that. Near Automata, a game that we will never cover on this on this podcast just such confidence. The, uh, the length of time it would take but goddamn, is it a good game that we both enjoyed mm-hmm. so this is the predecessor in the game storyline that was for ps3 but i don't think anybody ever had a ps3 no so. there's actually zero sold it was remarkable to release so many games <laughs> <for it. laughs> that's why ps5 had so many sold <laughs> yeah Oh, man. Ebbs and, flows. and four did okay. <laughs> is this something you're looking to get though? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna pick it up at some point. As it's single player, I'm not like in a rush out the gate to grab it, especially since it's a longer game, right? This is maybe like slide it into PTO sort of game for me. Um, this is gonna be my hey guys, I can't do multiplayer stuff because I'm doing single player stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll be off in my little little corner. On the PlayStation, I was watching the uh, uh, the trailer for this again, and it's really it really struck me. I was like, "Man, Square Enix makes freaking weird games, <laughs> like yeah. really weird yeah. games." Um, like good, good in this case, because 
it's weird good but sometimes they just make weird games um yeah no i think i think this is gonna be i think this is gonna be really good they presumably started work on this soon after near automata um and based off everything i've seen in the trailer it looks like if you had any fun with automata whatsoever this should be your continuation yeah i would be willing to bet at least a $20 bill of whichever mm-hmm. president that is. Yeah, Trump, I think, at this point. Yeah, President Trump's on 20 now. <laughs> Done um, the $20. Limited, limited print. <laughs> buy at MAGA.com. But <laughs> yeah. MAGA it, dollar. From the brief portions they've shown, there's little snippets. I swear to God, they took everything that they learned from Automata and that game engine and like how it plays mechanically mm-hmm. from like riding animals to the combat and the projectiles for bosses. Yeah. Again, I don't know what the original game was like, but I really feel like it's going to be very similar to what Automata did with like the fun bullet hell, the different perspectives, the chaining of combos and mechanics. This has to be made by Platinum as well, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to verify real quick just to make sure that I'm not making that up because I can't imagine it would be made by anyone else. But Platinum... Obviously, near Automata, I think they also did Bayonetta. Confirmed, did I? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm looking at the old one. I was like, it doesn't look like it is. And then I was like, wait, I'm looking at the old near replicants. <laughs> uh, sorry, what was the question? Platinum has done other things, such as Bayonetta. Other oh, yes. games with very mm-hmm. fast paced, combo heavy. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid, uh, stealth action, espionage game. Really? Yeah. Revengeance. They made Revengeance. Oh. <laughs> My mind jumped to Metal Gear Solid was 5 me, and I'm like... I was hey. weaving this trap and I was just like, here you go, Dave. Just stand right here. <laughs> then you got hit with There's a lot of leaves here and it's not fall. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that definitely looks good. I'm hyped about that. There's also a trailer for... And I'm more lukewarm on this. ha, <laughs> ha. Subnautica Below Zero. That was my joke. Um, oh, yeah. Which has been the ongoing DLC in early access. But, again, Subnautica was really solid for immersive exploration that made me scared to explore at times. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, Subnautica is just like... I think it was my favorite game or my game of the year in one of our... Uh, end of your retros um it's still a game where it does not take me a lot to just start up a new playthrough and it's like a single player game that takes some time so that's weird right um but uh it's it's really good and it's it's been an actual difficulty for me not to pick up below zero and start to play and the way they're they're handling the release is they're finalizing the story with the release day patch. So you can play the game now, but you won't be able to absolutely complete the story because they want that to remain um, secret or what have you until like the actual release, Um, which is an interesting take on it. I think that's a, that's a cool early access take where people that want to kind of hold off and experience the game all at once, uh, don't have that inkling in the back of their head like, oh, I kind of just want to play the game now. I could just see the story. 
And they also pr- the, it helps the developers because it protects them from being like, here's the super buggy game and we've got the story all the way in it, but like the gameplay sucks or whatever from really letting people sign off on it as this is the experience in their head. Yeah, I, I see that. I guess they're like, doing it so they can kind of patch issues early mm-hmm. for this one type of fish is always teleporting around. We're like, okay, cool. That's not uh, a core part of the game that matters for plot, but it's something that we can handle early. I don't know. It still feels weird for me to, outside of Hades, because it's super giant, uh, to get mm. into anything early and then come back for like, oh, there's a new iteration. Let me check that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then still having that vested interest through the actual point of release mm-hmm. versus just game's done and then you play the game. And then mm-hmm. you just imbibe fully and then have an experience instead of it being very titrated out. Yeah, that's a strong word, but uh, that I <laughs> thank think you. I can... That one chemistry class that I'll never <laughs> use again. Yeah, I've definitely had that experience. I think we talked about it in an early access episode a little bit to make a reference back to that for listeners who want to listen to more of our podcast. Um, but there are other episodes. Sli- Where can they find them, Jake? <laughs> yeah, on Spotify and all these other platforms, most of which I can't even name. Thanks, Audio Boom. Um, but uh, Slime Rancher, I played when it like came out early access, and I was like, "This is fun. This is legitimately good." I wish there was more content, but also, I'm kind of good with this mechanic for a while, and then I like literally didn't play the game until it was completely out past that point i owned it for this entire period but i didn't care about all those stages of development in the middle Mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know early access is kind of like i was gonna say a double-edged sword but you could still use a double-edged sword it'd be like a sword with no handle (laughs) i think is what early (laughs) access is (laughs) um so i i like subnautica's approach here just be like hey if you're on the fence Know that if you play the game right now, you're just helping us test it, and you're not going to get the full story. Um, but also, thank you. You know, that's a good take. So I'm hoping that it's good. Early impressions seem to be that it is it is pretty good, and it's from what I've heard, not a wild departure from the Subnautica base. So maybe it won't be the same like like deep sea revolution experience that Subnautica was very novel. Um, but it doesn't really need to be. I'll, I'll enjoy it as long as they've improved some things. And Platinum will. apparently isn't making near replicant. It was a different company. Platinum helped what? with the action sequences. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. I feel betrayed and lied to. I know. What I is know. nice though about if you follow like Steam reviews or, or the subreddits, what what have you? Um, people actually really give a shit. So let's say it's something in the space genre, which for me, again, blanket, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. But the people who really enjoy space sims are very adamant about it. So mm-hmm. if there's something that they like about it, they're going to really rate it highly. And if there's something they yeah. hate about it, they'll call it out early doors and say, really fucking hate this. Other games have this issue. So if a game that's a little more niche has mm-hmm. high ratings and positive reviews... It's not from somebody who's like, that seems okay. It's from somebody who played Subnautica 1 in this case. And they're mm-hmm. like, I like what you've done here in the sequel as well. Yeah. I think that there, there naturally should be ratings decay. You have to reprove yourself 
on subsequent games. Um, just adding more content is not oftentimes enough. Um, you got to improve mechanics. You got to like just reskinning the entire game and then being like, here you go. We paid our artists and that was it. Like not that you should, you should pay your artists. <laughs> I'm not trying to discourage that, but like reskinning the game is not enough. Um, you got to make improvements and otherwise expect your reviews to just fall a little bit. People will be like, eh, see if the experience feels samey. I think the only like genres who really get away from with not doing that as much are like first person shooters. Oh, sports games. Sports games are the most egregious. Oh my God. There's people who legitimately enjoy those. I don't know any of those people, but mm-hmm. man. I played um, uh, NFL Blitz 2000 for the N64. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That's the peak of football. I played cause... backyard football on the PC and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you get like you get you can charge a super meter that allows you to just like turn into a freight train that cannot be grabbed and just throws people to the sides. There's a guy literally grabbing onto both of your ankles being pulled across <laughs> the field. It's actual insanity. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I have high hopes for Subnautica. Um, one that I saw another game that is uh, scheduled to be released now. It's or to this month. It's on steam. No, no specific day, but it is scheduled for this month is portal reloaded. Which is a community mod for Portal. (laughs) And this one is, I don't know a lot about it. I don't think the description tells you a ton about it. You have your standard two portals, the blue and the orange. They operate as they usually do. And the main premise of this game is they've added a third portal, which is time. So if you can't visualize how that's going to work, I also cannot. And I'm curious. <laughs> I imagine. Hmm. I just don't know what the third portal is going to bind to, but I imagine that going through it would accelerate or not accelerate. It would jump forward or move back time. Mm-hmm. So if you needed to get somewhere quickly, um, maybe you could revert the time of some moving objects. so You could get to a certain location to catch a box or a yeah. ball, or a laser, what have you. The puzzles are going to be insane. I think so, takeaway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if and... it's anything like what they did with Black Mesa, mm-hmm. where like community went off and did a thing in, I think it was the Half-Life 2 engine. Yeah. Or Yeah, yeah. Black Mesa may have been even Source 2. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But yeah, it's... I'm curious, because this is my first time hearing about it. I really, really enjoyed Portal and mm-hmm. Portal 2. Yeah. And the co-op is interesting. It, <laughs> it depends who you play with. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Some people are definitely better than others. I say not naming names, but like everyone will now assume that they're the bad person in that arrangement. And that's basically what I was going for. Um, yeah. So... Those are those are the releases this month. Not a bad month. I think we've had kind of a drought of games uh, for a while, and like I picked up the occasional game, but usually it's just something that's already been out and just had a sale. Um, yeah, that's usually what I wait for. Unfortunately, uh, like half the games on my Steam wish list were just like this looks mildly interesting to me, 
It's like, hey, do you want this mildly interesting thing for like 10 bucks? I'm like, nah. Yeah. I should just remove it from the list. Yeah, yeah I, I do have to wait for a sale typically. A wait, a wish list purge is kind of nice. Every now and then I go back and I'm like, added in 2018. And I'm like, I don't know who added this to my wish list. I know it must be me, but it's not the current me. <laughs> right? People change a little bit over the years. And so. Honey Pop Extravaganza straight off the list. You know what? I wasn't going to even make any <laughs> reference to any inappropriate games, uh-huh. but... Yeah, I don't know what's going on this episode. I'm making I'm making the bad jokes. Oof. Got to up your filth level, Dave. Uh, speaking of upping your filth level, um, I did see a game was announced. Uh, no planned release date uh, whatsoever. I don't know if you took a look at this trailer or not. Turbo Overkill. Um. <laughs> did you see me that. click it <laughs> but uh the short of it is it looks like um kind of a slightly derezzed uh futuristic like cyberpunk type world the gameplay is reminiscent of doom very action-packed uh, a lot of guns um quick switching not reloading i was it gonna goes... say it looks more quakey in this very brief playthrough yes yeah i mean quite quake I mean, yes, like it, arena, it is sho- close. arena shooter pacing is yes, kind of how I meant. A hundred percent. Well, I was going to say you're right. Actually, that was the sigh. Um, but I feel like modern audiences could probably understand Doom, where people might not necessarily know what Quake is uh-huh. anymore. It's been a while, right? Um, but yeah, your character has like a cybernetic left arm and a chainsaw for a leg. And if you like ground slide, you can attack people and like cut them up with your chainsaw. If you do jump on them from above, you can kill them with your chainsaw leg. Okay, it's, Doom. Doom, sorry. <laughs> yes, Doom. Uh, it's got like a bunch of rocket launcher, like arm mounts and a bunch of weapon switching. And it has literally the super shotgun, so Doom. Um, and it looks it looks good. It looks like a fun, fast-paced, like even, well, maybe not more. Yeah, more fast-paced than Quake. I'll, I'll say that. Uh and coming off of um, all of the cyberpunk bent, kill em up style games, sort of like arcade games, um, this looks pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to formally watch the trailer at some point in, you know, 20 minutes. But mm-hmm. <laughs> also, yeah, I mean, it's no rush, no release date announced. Okay. Did you see the Ghost Runner DLC? I haven't looked at it yet. Because I'm like, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. This I, is I why some... I stop. I need to stop blinking you things. Mm-hmm. Well, in particular, it's like, I loved Ghost Runner. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing some other games right now. So if I pick this up, will this combo break? Whatever I've got going on. You know? Well, would you be more interested if it was free LC? Or it's not even a lack of interest. I mean, I'll probably buy it is the problem. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's oh, the okay. reason I haven't looked at it. Because... If I'm not aware, then I will be less compelled to purchase. What you don't know can't hurt you. Exactly. Yeah, I I think when we had the episode, I specifically said, like, if they added more stuff to it, I would check it out. And now they've done it. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of on the hook. Yeah, it's just very fun gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of fun uh, gameplay. Yes. <laughs> I'm wondering New what Dota com- 2 character. Okay, I was like, all right, what are we skipping over to get to Dota? <laughs> Did you see anything for them at all? I mean, you know I have, but uh, for the sake of maintaining this facade, we 
consider our relationship with the audience. Uh, you, you could have just removed the a little bit and some answer. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen some things. <laughs> okay. What type of what type of character is this? Jake, you said you knew. So uh, she is a tanky brawler, and she's really yeah. only tanky because she scales with strength. Yeah. So the more points in strength you have, the more health you get, regardless of mm-hmm. character. She just has a higher scaling. But her Q is like a kind of AOE spin, and on the third hit, it can stun people. Mm-hmm. So the it's one time shot. I've played Maybe her in an actual <laughs> game, eh, not, not quite. It's very very melee range it is yeah it's also chonky it is yeah which is why i think it's good to build damage on her i can't imagine anything else at the moment but i was in lane against a slark who is very much a melee likes to get up on you steal your stats yeah it's a fish Uh, person and i was using it in lane to like secure last hits or deny them going for something Mm -hmm. and it just worked out really well uh the w this kind of shit, I don't even care to mention it. The mm-hmm. passive, eh, it's also okay. Every fourth hit, you get like bonus damage, and then you can heal nearby allies with it hmm. for a portion. It's fine. But yeah. the ult, um, you kind of channel for a couple seconds, and then you cast it on any ally. Mm-hmm. This could be yourself as well, but it's within a short radius of the ally. And then an AOE appears and it kind of pulses healing for your allies in range and some damage for enemies in range. And then after those two to three seconds, you land and you stun mm-hmm. everybody. So you can kind of be off somewhere farming, team fight breaking out. You're like, I'll be right there. And then <laughs> do, 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 wham. Drop on in. And then as you land, you start your spin move to then stun somebody again. So. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's good or they're broken right now, it's it's just been fun to play. Again, I've only played one time because they're usually what, banned or picked. What would you name this hero if uh, if you had to? Uh, probably something like Dawnbreaker. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I probably, was... sh- probably should have mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it earlier, and I'm just going. I'm going to let the entire <laughs> description go through first. Venomancer's got some changes, huh? <laughs> Uh, let's see how she's doing. Dawn Breaker. Sorry. Her win Currently rate has been it. the lowest so far, I believe. She's doing all right according to this month's stats on Dota buff. 51%. That's definitely gone up in a week. Yeah, I believe it. People are probably learning how to play her. And this is how the real test of the hero. Can people, the people learning how to play against her and the people learning how to play her how are those two factors affecting the win rate? And that'll ultimately decide. But she has almost an identical win rate to Spectre, which makes sense because those are both heroes that uh, can rejoin a team fight. That's mm-hmm. it. It's the only factor you need. But yeah, that was my <laughs> recent Dota 2 thing. Uh, we'll probably mm-hmm. play with people tomorrow, mm-hmm. but yeah, do that, it's just been Dave. quiet a little bit. Hmm? I said, so yeah, if you want to do that, hit up Dave. Yeah, just hit me up. He's he just he's, he's good for it. He says, uh, "Sad news: Deathloop is delayed until September. It's going to be released in May." I was looking forward to this. I keep typing up Death Deathloop. On the other hand, a game got delayed, which I'm actually excited about now, because that means the game was deficient in some way, <laughs> and they've decided that rather than releasing okay. the game, okay, they're going to work on it a bit. I like that. 
now. This this is the sign of a man who went from Easy Mac to Kraft Mac and Cheese over the course <laughs> of Cyberpunk 2077's release. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know what? It's probably worth the wait. It's probably probably good. Mm-hmm. That game was delayed multiple times, though. We'll see what happens here. Hopefully not the same case. Uh, the positive thing here, for me at least, is they came within a month of this uh, being released before it was delayed. So they basically like they got up to like the door and they're like, yeah, I don't really know. I don't feel like I'm dressed well enough for this occasion. And then they just went home and they like are putting makeup on. Then they're going to come back out and maybe they'll enter whatever building this is. And if you're not sure if you're going to have to poop in the next 20 minutes, wait half an hour. Right. Yeah. Go and go back home. (laughs) (laughs) Go home. Poop Poop in your own home. Yeah, May to September is like a bit of time. You get you know, a couple is. extra months, so we'll see. But I have a feeling that, and I could be wrong, I'm ready to be wrong. I have a feeling that uh, the discrepancy between what people expect and what is delivered will be different for this game compared to Cyberpunk. Yeah, I believe so too. But also I will point out, I think it was Animal Crossing that also had that initial release date. And then they said, Hey, we're going to delay it because everyone's been working really hard. COVID sucks, sucks a big pile of dicks. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a weird statement from Nintendo. Actually. I know, very <laughs> uncharacteristic. <laughs> but they said, like, "Hey, we want to deliver you the best product possible, mm-hmm. so we're going to delay it." And then everyone was really supportive, and they said, "You know what? That's that's fair, and that's cool, and that makes sense." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus the opposite of, uh, "Hey, your chicken's done," and you're like. <laughs> The chicken's raw. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. Um, yeah, I think basically if you have friends that are like, oh, the game I was looking forward to is delayed. I'm so upset with the developers. They should release it right now. Just like disassociate from that person. There's a lot of different takes you can take. But if a company's like, we're going to actually delay the game, we're going to spend more time and money on it. Just be like, all right, maybe I'm disappointed because I wish it was further along but it's pretty much always the right call to delay the game instead of actually release it in those situations. So, As somebody who has developed code, this is a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So run with that. Cyberpunk had a patch, bunch of fixes, uh, still some core gameplay problems that... Uh, Again, I'm not, not checking on that until 2022. Yep. And I don't, I don't want to give it too much time, to be honest. Um. But we'll see where they go with it. There is hope. Forgiveness for all people. Uh, Path of Exile 2 gameplay showcase, which you linked me. I did watch this one. It's so gorgeous. Are you not even going to talk about the fact that I actually watched the video? All right, fine. Go okay, back okay. About... Jake clicked a link. I sent him on Discord. <laughs> Finally. Uh, huge, huge success. But that is an ongoing thing where uh, I'll send Jake stuff and half the time I'll get a response or he'll actually click it. Mm-hmm. But did you think it looked gorgeous and fun? And like, it does look it does look gorgeous. I'm concerned about what machines they're running it on. Actually, oh, you mean as far as specs that might be required? It's too, it's too pretty. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely too pretty to actually be playable. Like, this is why I want to work on building a new machine because I'm definitely mm-hmm. dated behind already. But mm-hmm. I would love to be able to run this fully. And versus now, when I launch Path of Exile. I have to like wait a minute for things to load in, and then I can't let things get too crazy with projectiles because uh, the game's like, "Whoa, slow down, Maurice!" <laughs> but yeah, um, they just 
they seem to be smoothing out a lot of things as far as management with skill gems. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just as far as ARPGs are concerned, I feel like they figured the best pieces of it and they're like, oh, it's going to be this. I'm like, ooh, that's all I want. So now you slot skill gems directly into your skills instead of in your gear, like with a base skill in the gear, right? Yes. So it's kind of a, is there, do you know how those skills are allocated? Like, are those based off? So the skill that you can put gems in, Mm -hmm. are those coming like from your class now? Do we know? So as far as I've known, I don't think that it's ever going to be limited by class. Right. So maybe the base skills are unlocked in the constellations then. That would be a decent place to put it. So you're saying, hmm. Because you before the base skill was determined by having that base skill gem and then putting it in your gear, right? Right. But now the gems are going into the skills themselves, which are separate from your gear, it seems. I imagine that, or I would hope that everyone would have access to everything, hmm. kind of hmm. similar to how Path of Exile 1 is. Right. It's just you won't have to manage gear as actively. Oh, you know what? I just thought maybe could be the way it works is the first gem that you put into the skill slot is the skill itself. So rather than putting any gems in your gear, you're just putting it in this interface. That would actually make a lot more sense (laughs) than whatever I was thinking of. Yeah. Though technically you could have two active skill gems Mm -hmm. in a group as well. They look like there was a lot of slots in the trailer. I assume a lot of those are auras and passives and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just my brain gets all tingly when I get to examine the possibilities of combinations of different abilities. Mm -hmm. And again, I love passive traits for anything. And just running around killing stuff in isometric gameplay. And two looks good. Like without getting into the mechanics of one. Two has like it looks like the combat's pretty visceral. Um, it looks so basically all of the pluses Diablo four was showing, like those are all just but a better. subset of what was shown in this video, right? Like it's it's actually ridiculous uh, how much better than Diablo four it currently looks. Yeah, again, fuck Blizzard, but Diablo four is going <laughs> to need to actually show something really groundbreaking versus. Mm-hmm. Again, I've kind of said with Diablo 3, it felt like they narrowed the class and skill usage mm-hmm. to where you could have four skills at a time. And it's like very smooth, approachable gameplay. But Path of Exile is very much on the other end of the spectrum. Where oh it's, gosh, yeah. hey, there's a tryhard who has been, here's how you optimize gear, here's how you farm this and that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that can be going on at a given time. Yeah. Branching decisions were 100% reduced in Diablo 3 compared to Diablo 2 and massively like it's basically impossible to have more decisions than when Path of Exile throws at you which is the reason I actually have trouble getting into the game because I like have decision paralysis Um, but it's still really good I realize it's really good and it's honestly better for games in general I play a lot of Blizzard games still I'm less of much of on the hate wagon I think for Blizzard but the I want Diablo to have competitors. And if those competitors are better than Diablo, 
awesome because Diablo either gets better or we just have better games, right? So Path of Exile is 100%. They threw down both gauntlets. <laughs> and they're just like, I don't have any gloves anymore. <laughs> I didn't even need that item slot. Um, and Diablo 4 is going to have to like, hopefully Blizzard realizes how much better they're going to have to make it in order for it to really stand any sort of chance here. So, Considering challenge. that they're doing, or have already done by now, a remaster of Diablo 2, <laughs> I mean, presumably it's a different team. I, I hope, right? They're not taking resources away from it. Well, I didn't um, mean that. It was more so of because they like to work with their existing model so much. They're like, right. this has been working. Why change it? Um, I don't expect them to branch too much out with Diablo 4. Right. No, that's that's fair. I mean, like they changed from Diablo 2, but their changes were all streamlining making it like easier to swap skills around. There's no need for a respec. Which um, points to them. That's fucking huge because it was nice. That was, was a, a weird sticking point in Diablo 2 versus my friends who played WoW at the time. Because mm-hmm. I think you could respec. You could respec in Diablo 2 past a certain patch, but it was only like one or two times per playthrough, I think. Yeah, it, it had some type of limitation. Yeah. It's nice not to have to worry about it, but yeah. Otherwise, good work, Grinding Gear Games. Uh, this looks really good. Really fun. Path of Exile looks really good. Uh, there's a bunch of news I don't care about um, that I put here. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Actually, I'm going to mention this one. Vermintide 2. Uh, they're adding a roguelike mode called Chaos Wastes. Uh, which is presumably like go through encounters, getting gear with your friends. Um, I think that Vermintide is basically the closest thing to a melee focused Left for Dead um, that exists. I would agree and with that. It's uh, it's honestly not bad. I like it. I like the progression. It's the kind of game where I don't take that much. I'm always on the cusp of having some friends that are interested in it to going back into it. I'm one. Dan's one. Mm-hmm. Is other Justin the other one? Other Justin, uh, other Justin put a stupid amount of time in this. His brother also, uh, previously unnamed and not not named here, and due to not getting his consent to use his name. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people play this. Yeah, it was, was good. good. I would go back to it for sure for a little bit. And this is free. It's a free expansion. Doesn't cost money. Uh, that's always nice. I just miss some four player co op type stuff. Mm-hmm. This one also has persistent progression, which I think part of my brain just clicks when that happens. And it's like, oh, I get to keep the weapons that I unlocked after that last mission. And I can now like swap my gear out. And now this one does like fire damage or this has lifesteal or whatever. That just clicks with me. Brain um, tingles. It's the brain tingles. Like, that's, what's, that's what's mentioned. Uh, yeah, uh, two, maybe two more I would mention. Nah. I was going to say, even do you want to go back up to what have you been playing recently? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually have to abbreviate this if I want to hit any other topic, but I've been playing a lot of Northgard. What which is, is a, that? Because I've seen you play it on Steam, but I didn't I didn't care to ask at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Viking RTS. Okay. Um, takes place on hexes. The more you expand, the more expensive in food it becomes to expand. Different clans have different bonuses and stuff. The story's okay. 
but there's a co-op expedition mode where it's just like, hey, we're going to generate scenario like random maps and modifiers for the map. So this one has a blood moon where like attacking other people during the blood moon, it actually advantages the attackers instead of the defenders and other stuff like that. Um, where you can go through and co-op and just like try to beat all of these missions and unlock passives and bonuses along the way. And it's really cool. It's uh, it's legit. Um, I like RTS. It's been a while. Nice. I see you've been playing a game called Roa. Yeah. And by <laughs> playing, I mean like, I think I played it for an hour and a half total now. Mm-hmm. I've done a couple of games against uh, one of my Dota friends who will not be named, mm-hmm. but what is rivals of Aether? It is a pixelated smash clone, hmm. which hmm. I think is done by an indie dev, but I think it has eight to 10 characters, uh, variety of different levels. Uh, I'm still getting used to some of the mechanics. There are some differences like where you can't grab um, there's no holding shield mm-hmm. and I'm learning like the timings of certain things. DI is slightly different as well. Right. But um, what I've been playing so far has been really enjoyable. I'm mm-hmm. currently a crag main because he hits like a fucking truck and I haven't really missed with him on too many attacks. <laughs> but the other really cool thing, let's say you're like, hey, I'm not crazy about these maps or these characters. Kind of, kind of a snore fest over here. You can mm-hmm. download custom things from the workshop page. Do you want to play as Ronald McDonald? Do you want to play as your <laughs> fucking OC that you yeah, made an MS Paint? Fighter. Congratulations, you can. Um, That's funny. So Alpha Rad had a video on this, I think like a year or two ago. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it looks kind of cool. And then I slept on it. And then I got on sale for like 15. Um, I would say watch me play it at some point. For, for you, mm-hmm. Jake, specifically. Right. Uh, to see if you're interested. Not other people. I thought you were going to plug your stream. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't stream no more. Um, since the incident. Since, since <laughs> the incident. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've enjoyed it a little bit. Um, I don't think it's ever going to replace Smash for me. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice change of pace, but still kind of in that same family. Yeah. It's hard to replace Smash. It's, it's, it's really good. Um. And Smash likes are always like, man, I wish this was more like Smash. Yeah. But then it can't be because if it was more like Smash, you just be you play Smash instead, right? Like, so yeah, that's it's... the problem. That's why it's good to be the king. DVD. Which I presume, <laughs> yeah, yeah, King DVD. There you go. Um, I'm changing uh, my topic. I was gonna mention as a final to a cliffhanger for all of us. Uh, Bioshock 4 job listings have appeared and it seems to confirm that it will be an open world game with side quests. That (laughs) is different than Bioshock usually is. Ever has been, actually. Because even though they they let you explore a bit, so it sort of feels like an open world in quotes and quotes and quotes, there's really only distinct sections of the game you can be in at any given time. So how do you feel about this? I think it's going to be shit. (laughs) I mean, Bioshock strengths really have been the up close and personal, uh, getting to learn about the characters in the world and the world itself. And it's very atmospheric in that regard. Mm -hmm. Open world strengths 
uh, are very much that it's open. You can kind of explore and do whatever. And yeah. it is very hard to Usually have a story <laughs> that and characters that people give a shit about. Yeah. Now, technically, Horizon Zero Dawn, I would argue, did a good job of that. Mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima, to a degree, I think, still did a pretty good job of it. But I care less about the story and characters. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know how you take an existing universe that is not open world and convert it to that. Yeah. I mean, look at Metal Gear Solid 5. Gameplay was fun as shit. Fultoning people? Mm, choice. But I don't know if you remember that story. It was shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not very. the story had nothing to do with the open world either, right? Like... It seemed like an occasional touch point to be like, oh, we got to throw some plot in here. Right. Because it's very hard to pace that with an open world game because you're not controlling where the player goes and when. There's a whole bunch of missions that took place in part of like the larger map, but they dropped you in a specific location. And if you left your bounding box for where the mission happened was supposed to happen, you would like not desync. That's an Assassin's Creed thing, but like fail the mission. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. I think it, I think it will yeah. be like um, and even in uh, Horizon's case, like part of the reason I think the open world works for them alongside the story is because they ingeniously use mountain ranges <laughs> to make the open world less open. Like you can't zerg rush your way through Horizon because there's no like back door to like Meridian City. On the you have road to go through to all this Meridian stuff there. <laughs> yes. But yeah, there are ways to do that with mountain ranges or difficulty gating or mm-hmm. some other things. Spooky giant robots. Spooky giant robots. Yeah. But if you guys have any ideas for spooky giant robots, don't send those in because that's scary. But send in uh, ideas related to games, episodes you may want covered, um, other topics you want us to talk about. We're just, you know, desperate for content all the time to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can join the discussion on Facebook. I don't check that, but Dave does at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. We appreciate your thumbs ups. <laughs> yes. Dave's just like, we received more thumbs ups and he's like got a basket. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good haul. I've been receiving thumbs <laughs> as always we'll see you in the next one have a good night